Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Goal of the month, more like goal of the season. Again, and he's got it. Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Yeah! Yeah! Get it! Hello, Cobblers fans. Our unbeaten run is still intact despite a fairly uneventful 0 0 draw up at Grimsby. Sam Hoskins won the Goal of the Month award for his audacious finish at Tranmere, and Neil has postponed his wedding after his wife-to-be found him in bed with last week's guest host, Jefferson Lake. Not to worry though, as he has made it here, along with Danny, who returns after his one-match ban. Welcome boys, you okay? All good, all good. I'm happy to be back. Um, I must say a quick thank you to Jefferson for filling in last week. He was literally did a sterling job. Um, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm quite... Quite, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I'm, I'm lost already. <laughs> Erect. Um, yeah. <laughs> After listening to last week's podcast. I'm grateful to, to Charles for bringing me back into the fold, actually, this week. Because uh, I was, um, I was, I've been training hard for the last two weeks since my ban and just trying to impress the boss a bit. Um, Jefferson did an amazing job last week. So um, I know there were a few calls to keep him in, but um, just, just been putting my head down, working hard and keeping keeping going in training and uh yeah glad to be brought back in and i'll just just keep doing the same thing for the rest of the season um, unfortunately for some people because i think some people probably wanted jefferson to stay in the team it was a tough decision danny mm. but would you say danny that your your form hasn't dipped my form has definitely not dipped if anything it's gone up in the last two weeks so um i hope for a good showing today and but I know, I know that Jefferson's lingering there in the background now. So he's, he's just um, giving me a massage. He's, yeah, he's just just behind me, massaging me. <laughs> just waiting to to come on and take one of our places. Bit bit lower, Jeff. Um, bit lower, mate. Brace yourself, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> We've not got much to talk about this week, have we? <laughs> I think that's showing already, isn't it? <laughs> the, the one thing that keeps coming into my mind, and it's not really cobblers related, but did you boys see that that ridiculous goal decision oh. at the end of the Oxford Bradford game I, last I, week? I still don't know what's going on. Oh yeah, it was carnage, wasn't it? Was it? Was, yeah. was there a foul in the penalty area on Bradford, and then Oxford yeah. broke and scored, and then the referee did, did he then initially the goal was awarded, then the goal was disallowed, and he gave a penalty to Bradford. And then he rescinded on that decision and, and re-awarded the goal. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand it. I mean, I didn't even see a foul in the first place. I think the Bradford fan, uh, the Bradford players seem to actually be protesting because they wanted a corner rather than the goal kick that was given. And then, of course, the other bit of controversy was that Oxford took the goal kick really quickly while there were still four Bradford players in the penalty area which is apparently against the rules. Yeah, who was the ref? Do we know who the ref was? 
was it one of the infamous ones that we're, we're aware of who was someone different? Andy Davies, the referee. Mm, never heard of him, but one to watch now, I guess. Definitely. They must be seething those. It was quite a big game, wasn't it? I mean, I'd go as fast as it was a six-pointer for both of them. Um, <laughs> Welcome back, throw Danny. <laughs> throw that in straight away. Um, and like, if they go down by a couple of points, you'd think, oh, well, you know where that's gone come from. I know it's a whole season, but and um, if it was like a mid-table clash, it'd still be a bit like, that was a crazy decision. But with the circumstances as well, it makes it a bit more outrageous, isn't it? It's like the it's like the ref was trying to use VAR without actually having VAR. <laughs> yeah. So he checked with both linesmen, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, if you've got VAR, then that would that probably in that instance it probably would have been worth looking at, I guess. But you can't just run in from side to each linesman trying to ask what's gone on. I thought Theresa May might be the referee for a second when when she was just when he was just running around trying to get different different opinions through and sort of change the mind all the time. But... Order, order. I think the worst thing for me was after the match, the referee, obviously the referee didn't come out and say this, um, but when when the managers are allowed to go and speak to the referee, I think it's like half an hour after the game's finished, um, the referee actually turned around to Bradford's manager and apologised and said, I didn't know the rule. <laughs> <laughs> you like, what do you mean he didn't know the rules? How long has he been reffing for? <laughs> well, this is rules. it. I mean, that that whole thing of, of players not being allowed inside the play, penalty area when a goal kick is taken, he just sort of went, oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Let me guess, he's he's been promoted to the Premier League now, has he? Yeah, yeah more than likely. <laughs> he's uh, just had a quick look. He's the way he did send John Joe O'Toole and Abu Gogo off in our draw with Shrewsbury last year. Uh, I think they must have been at the same time. I think they had a fight or something. So. Ah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Abu Agogo, great name. I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all cobblers to me. I'm concerned, uh, Charles, because I know I've just checked the running order, and I know what's coming up next. It's the the Grimsby review and the Grimsby highlights. So, <laughs> I'd like to quickly um, quickly throw in some <laughs> some news that might be for stuff up. Is obviously Charles mentioned it in the preview about Sam Hoskins winning goal of the month, and I don't I don't know why we haven't started with that really. Um. I mean, yeah. You could tell by his face when when he was doing the media shots, it was just the finest moment of his career, wasn't it? I mean, he definitely looked like he meant it from the pictures. wasn't at all looking wasn't at all looking cheap pitch, was he? He said on Twitter, didn't he? He re- re- reasserted the fact that he definitely meant it. Well, of course, he did. I love the fact that you are right. I love the fact that he looks so serious in the photo where he's holding his trophy. I wanted him to just lift it above his head like you do in the cup final when you win a cup and just like <laughs> just properly go for it. I've just got visions of Pete Norton stood there directing him. Like, Sam, no, no, hold it down, please. Hold it down. And the trophy. No, down. And the trophy. It was a good goal, wasn't it? And glad he got the award. Quite nice. It's a beautiful goal. I mean, I remember when we were watching it on iPhone, weren't we? And it's the, the moment it went in and it's, it's all <laughs> just going mental. Um, a, because Sam Hoskins actually scored a goal. B, because it was such a ridiculous moment. And one that will live in the memories. Well done, Sam. Yeah, a couple, couple more now, please, Sam. At least. Yeah. How many has he got, Danny? How many does he need? He's on four, isn't he? I think he needs six more so, to... <laughs> how many games have we got left? Well, it depends. We, we could get in the playoffs, so he could have an extended season. Imagine if he does get six goals in eight games. <laughs> He'd be lauded as being the best striker we've ever had. <laughs> oh, you can't see it happening. <laughs> sorry, Danny. And sorry, Sam. 
think there's more chance of Kevin Van Veen coming back, isn't there, and getting six goals in the game. It's so weird, actually, isn't it? That speaking of Van Veen um, and Crooks, how the form has gone up a little bit since they've gone. I don't think we we both we were kind of worried about what would happen when they go and not really replacing them. But we've actually been all right, haven't we? And just climbed the table since they've been since they've been gone. Can we drag anything else out before we get to the Grimsby review? Because I'm not looking forward to it. Um, what else has happened this week? What else has happened? There's been some good stuff week? in the community work by the club, haven't there? Oh, be careful. We don't want to be you know, told that we're just cheerleading again. <laughs> I already got that accusation on from, on Twitter from Man at CNA, so he's subsequently banned again. Oh, um, I think That man's had more yellow cards than John Jones. <laughs> he was joking, I think. I don't think he was joking. But they have done... It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they're obviously trying to show the work they do in the community and show the positives and stuff. And, and there probably is an element of that that with the, the trust discussions that are going on at the minute that they're trying to, you know, be positive and proactive about all the stuff they're doing, which I guess is probably quite a natural reaction, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. If so, if, 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 if somebody turned around and accused you, Neil, of, of, you know, not being very community minded, then, then you probably would do your best to then prove them wrong. Yeah. I think it's a fair, it's a fair response. I guess the only thing you could level at the club is, do that constantly communicate because we know that work goes on just communicate about it constantly and i think in fairness they they are because or they will continue to do so now i think it's like every friday they uh, is it the efl day of action like every single week i think it was just it's just one this season just a one-off wasn't it i think is it just the one-off i mean they seem to be looking back every week though, yeah the club on twitter and just sort of show, saying this is what's happened throughout the week. I think that's a really good thing to do. Um, but you are right. I think that has come about because of what's been, you know, levelled at them by certain members of the fan base. On on the subject of all this sort of, I know we weren't really going to touch on it this week actually, but I just wanted to raise something. I had a, a brief look for my sins. I had a brief look at the hotel end yesterday, uh, the, the the message board, and. I think I messaged it to you guys. Imagine my surprise when someone on there had seriously and legitimately suggested that we have a world-class water park facility next to the East End. And it wasn't you. And, and I, It wasn't me. And I said that as a joke all along. Well, let's put a water park there messing around. This person has genuinely and seriously suggested, well, let's, let's make it. The, the, I think the, the exact term was, let's, let's have a world-class water park facility. The closest one is Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> have any of you actually been to Waterworld in Stone? No, because I, I would not call it a world-class facility. You wouldn't go to Stoke if you weren't going to a football match, surely. When I mean, you go to anything, and then it's advertised as a beast. I mean, I would say nothing against nothing against Stoke, but uh, oh, towers, yeah. They it's, don't advertise themselves as Stoke, though, do they? No, imagine. Like, it's Stoke Towers in Stoke. <laughs> I just thought it, it, the, 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 it was a conversation around that there was some conversation and discussions on the hotel end about um, the trust have spoken to the council about potentially the, the, the area behind the East End, making sure it's for the community and that their suggestion is either a 50 metre swimming pool and a velodrome or something. And there's lots of different opinions on the hotel end and stuff which we won't go into we don't know enough about it probably to discuss it etc but i just thought it was interesting that someone wants a genuine water park there so 
<laughs> I love it. Well, I think I think it's good. It's a good conversation to have, is it? Because with this day of action and with all this going on, it shouldn't just be one one day, like you said, Charles. I think I quite like the idea of kind of having a Friday where where we go through everything and, and say everything that's happened because there, there's, there's so much that goes on. It's not just a, a football club and. Though I did enjoy Keith Curl coming up and saying, oh, a lot of work goes on behind the scenes, very much respected, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, we want to talk about what's happening on the field. Come on, Keith. Keith is Keith just like straight in. It's like, let's get the focus back, lads. Come on. All this, all this is great that's going on behind the scenes, but let's talk about what's happening with me. It's uh, There's definitely an element of players and management that are being put in front of the media recently. A little bit of a steering on them, isn't there, to discuss the positive stuff that's going on behind the scenes or, you know, I can't remember who it was. Um, was it Sam Foley or was it someone, one of the players? Had done it was Sam Foley now, yeah. Was it Sam Foley? Yeah, he'd done an interview, hadn't he, where he said this is, you know, a fantastically run club and, you know, everything behind the scenes is really professional and all that sort of stuff. There's definitely, definitely an element the club are being quite smart, but quite clearly they're steering, you know, players and management to mention this this sort of stuff when it comes up the only criticism i've got about it really is that it is so obvious why they're doing yeah. it that, that's that's my only bit of criticism about it is that you know like i said before they're, they're coming out they're basically going on the offensive to defend themselves aren't they and yeah which is understandable yeah it, completely understandable but i just kind of think it looks so contrived and and forced that some people will actually take it as as a negative rather than the positive yeah. that it should be viewed as. Yeah, I agree totally. I think that's that's my that's really my only criticism with it, I guess, as well. I understand why it's being done, and it's probably a very natural reaction to the situation. It's pretty obvious, though. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, when when have we ever heard a player ever in all our years supporting Cobblers come out and talk about behind the scenes stuff apart from when? You know, we had when we almost went out of business. Um, mm. a, a couple of them would mention it then, but that's a slightly different, you know, scenario, isn't it? I guess. But whenever have you heard a, a player just randomly as well? Like it's not someone that's just joined the club. Sometimes you may hear it with someone that's just joined the club. You know, I've joined because it's a well-run club, etc. And sometimes you get that, but it's just it's just clear and obvious, isn't it? What's going on? It is, but I, yeah, and I, I just sort of think to myself, you're just going to end up. I don't know. I don't know whether you're going to end up just causing more issues in the long run. I think they're yeah, maybe they're in this situation. They damned if they do. They damned if they don't. Yes. Well, yeah. it's, they can't win basically. <laughs> Whatever they do, they don't say anything. If they don't do anything, then they'll get accusations of not, you know, not being communicated communicating enough and not doing enough stuff in the community or, or whatever. And when they do over communicate it and stuff, then. Like we like we're saying now, you know, it's it's obvious what's going on. It's a, it's a little bit embarrassing. So they can't uh, win. No, they can't win. But I'm 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 happy for them to do. I'm 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 really happy for them to promote what they're doing in the community uh, and and everything like that. I think that you know, and you're going to inevitably have some people that just turn around and say, "Oh, they're only doing that because we've got under their skin and things like that." It's like, well, well, yeah, there's probably is an element to that. But at the end of the day, you know, maybe just support your team. And the free kick is launched in towards the penalty arrow by Cornell. Flicked on in towards the six-yard box. And an early chance over the Cobblers just nicked away for a corner. Oh, in fact, the referee's given a goal kick. It must have come off a Cobblers boot last. 
Cornell sends it forward. This time at the left-hand channel. A much better tactic here. Headed forward by Taylor. Flicked on towards Pierre. A good challenge came in. And eventually the clearance was made. It was a really good flick on. As the fourth official indicates, one minute to be added on at the end of the first half here. Foley is going across to try and pick it up and wins the ball back. Foley advancing towards the penalty area. Now crosses towards Pierre, just headed away. And Powell has to retreat towards this left-hand touchline to pick it up. And will shuffle the ball out for a throw. And it was a really good cross from the far side that almost found the run of Pierre at the far post. Williams, and now Sordell with his first touch. Oh, his second touch is horrible. An ambitious strike from all the 25 yards out. And really the ball did well to go out for a goal kick, such was the lack of contact. <laughs> Corner to Grimsby, swung in towards the near post and somehow cleared almost off the line. Taylor once again, and now back towards the substitute bridge inside the penalty area. Goes back on his right foot, shoots towards goal, it bobbles around, there's an appeal for handball, it's cleared away. And now with Taylor edge of the penalty area, oh, oh goodness me, it's fired over the crossbar. Time is surely up here at Blundell Park. Last knockage of the contest. This has to go into the penalty area, it doesn't. And there goes the referee's whistle. A nil-nil draw up at Blundell Park then, but a result that does keep our unbeaten run going. So were you guys happy with that result then, or should it have been more? I was okay with that result. It's nice to keep the unbeaten run going. I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. From, from I didn't go, thankfully I didn't go, but um, I listened to it on the radio. and it seemed a little bit like they were there for the taking. Um, but we just didn't really get going. Uh, I th- don't think the conditions helped, did they? Um, I know a couple of guys that went and they that they said, and I think actually a couple of the players and the manager touched on it as well, that it was difficult conditions, which probably impacted the quality of the game. Um, and even listening to those those highlights, if you want to call them highlights, I mean, a couple of those highlights were just goal kicks from David Cornell. <laughs> I, did, um, I did get a bit excited when the corner was then given as a goal kick. It's an exciting moment. Enthralling moment, yeah. <laughs> And the flip on as well after that. For me, it seemed like it was almost a continuation of Tuesday's game against Newport. That, that was a fairly boring game that only really stood out for, for one moment of magic from Joe Powell. And, and this game was pretty much the same thing again, just without the goal. Yeah, I agree, totally. Um it, it was, wasn't it? it? It seemed exactly like a continuation. A, a pretty dull game. Not much happened. Weather was bad. And I think it was just relying on another moment of magic or a major mistake from someone, wasn't it, really? Um, mm. It's good that we look a lot more solid and we're, we're, we're certainly a lot more solid now, aren't we? Um, there was a period where we'd concede goals relatively regularly and stuff. And yeah, we still concede the odd goal here and there, but we, we're definitely a lot a lot more solid as a team now, which is which is good to see because it gives us that base, doesn't it? Well, it's four clean sheets out of this last eight games, isn't it? Yeah. It's four and six, isn't it? Or is it four and six? Sorry. I think, I think someone said it's four and six this week. That says a lot about the back four and Dyke now, doesn't it? They've finally got in place, the which you kind of expect when the manager first goes in to try and sort out the, the back line and trying to make, make it a bit more solid. It's 
you kind of think that's what happens when a manager goes into a team. But it's taken him a while to to get that bit of his jigsaw sorted. But and it, and it generally hasn't changed too much in the last few weeks, which has been great. Um, yeah, so we're definitely looking a lot more, a lot more solid, a lot more harder to beat now. That is one of the things, isn't it? Is the fact that all of a sudden team sheets have come out and and there's either been no changes or just the one. It's it's unheard of under Keith Curl. No, it's not very Keith Curl, is it? We've been we've been kind of lamenting the fact that he's been changing things week in week out when he first came in, but I think it just took a few. I mean, obviously the the main one is good, isn't it? It's coming and just made such a difference in the back four. We said it a few times, um, but um, other than that, the the players around sort of the front the front bits and stuff have just been. They've been relatively unchanged as well, and it's only when it's been enforced through Sordell being injured that we change things. And, and it's good to see finally we're getting somewhere. It's, and it's proof is in the pudding, is what I was saying. And the pudding is eight unbeaten. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice just to not to not have to worry, isn't it, about relegation and all that sort of stuff. And it's nice that we're quite solid, and it's not the most exciting at times. Um, but that's all right. I don't mind that too much. Results keep up as they are. I'm a little bit torn on the on, the, on like the result on Saturday. Like I said, you know, it's a bit of a missed opportunity, but I think the fact that we're still six points away from the playoffs and the fact that we're still having conversations about the playoffs is a decent thing. Uh, we could have easily dropped back to what eight points behind and it just be over. So keep keep it going a little bit longer and decent away point um, as we go into Cheltenham. So yeah, all for, all for it, all for the nil nil, the <laughs> Alan nil Alan nil. As, but probably wouldn't have been if I went to the game, but. Um, um, and, I th- and I think if we were genuine playoff contenders, we probably would have wanted to to go there and win that game. But it's all about how we follow it up, isn't it? It's got an element to me of how last season was. You know, right towards the end, where we were basically just just you know there was still a chance that we were going to stay up, and and we just kept just about in contact with you know the the, the teams that were safe, and yet fell at the pretty much the last hurdle, didn't we? And it was never really on. It was always a case that we were going to go down. But there was all that hope. And I, it feels like maybe that's exactly the same this year as well, but at the other end of the table. I think with this year as well, we've got a bit of momentum going, a bit more momentum going than we did then. I think last year was a bit more about the, the one-off results, like the Berries, the 3-2 and the Plymouth, where we put in one-off individual performances, which was which is great. But I think we, we seem to have a little bit more, it's slower, but it's a little bit more momentum about it. And I think if we do end up sneaking in, we'll be the team that's actually got a little bit of form behind us, whereas the, the teams above us, there's none of them that are really showing that, that, that they're going to kind of go on and, and kick on and win a few games in a row to confirm their places and that's what gives you a bit more hope I think that that, that the teams above us aren't really putting anything together themselves that that, that if, if we win one more game like if we win on Saturday and we win we kind of get to within a couple of points of them then there's nothing to say why we can't actually go and join them I think as well if if the point against Grimsby if there'd been say I don't know 15 games left um, we'd have said that's a good point you know we won on on the Tuesday, yeah. win at home, draw away, would have been happy with that. So I think the the, the tinge of disappointment and a missed opportunity is, is is purely because of the the lack of time left in the season. And if we were to, like you said, Danny, if we were to sneak into the playoffs, then you know we'd need as many points as we can possibly get and stuff, which is just where that that tinge of disappointment comes from. But actually, on the face of it, you know, a point away from home, you've got to be happy with it, haven't you? 
Yeah, I, I think so. And at the end of the day, we've still got eight games left. We're still only six points off the playoffs. You know, the dream is still alive. Still alive. All I want to be is like, all we really need to be is within like two points for the last day, isn't it? Give ourselves a chance. That's right, what so we want, we're isn't it? We're totally, we're totally, we're, yeah, yeah. So we, we want to be like, make up the four points at least by between now and the end of the season, which is doable when you look at it. And to be within a couple of points and a couple of places at the top seven for the last game, take that any day. And we've got, you know, we've got, who have we got? We've got, so we've got Cheltenham away on, on Saturday, which is, I know we're going to preview that in a little bit, but that's a winnable game. We've got them, got Port Vale at home the week after, which again, you know, they're they're down there, aren't they, and struggling. So that's a winnable game. Then we've got Notts County away. They're, they're potentially, you know, they're, they're down there. Then we've got uh, Mansfield at home, Macclesfield Town at home, Bury away. Um, and then after Bury, we've got Yeovil at home and Oldham away. So really, to be honest... Mm-hmm. Even with Mansfield being at home, you know, you'd hope we'd get something out of that. The one real tough game that stands out is Bury away. All the other games are very similar to the, you know, the Grimsby and the Newport game, really, that they're going to be there for the taking. It's whether we, whether we can take it, I guess. Postman, Neil, Postman, Neil, Postman, Neil. It's black and white cat. Postbag. This week, you'll be pleased to know, boys, is bulging with entries from Twitter, Facebook, you name it. They've been flying in from every angle, um, which says a lot about Jeff, doesn't it, from last week when we had no responses to questions for Jeff. Um, If people don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Jefferson Lake of WWE and Sky Sports fame. Were we perhaps overestimating the fact that people might know him? Yes. Or the youngsters on social media might not have... uh completely potentially true was. potentially true but it's good news postbag is back with a bang this week so are you ready to dive in boys let's dive let's dive straight in so we were asked ready to dive in more than eric sabin was ready to dive in uh to the penalty <laughs> <laughs> um, so this this week we were asking um which cobblers players should have earned a call up for their country uh but never did and this is off the back of morgan roberts being called up to the to the wales under 21 a training camp stroke squad isn't it so um we've got quite a few different responses i'll start with with your favorite one danny actually which is from matt on twitter uh he suggests hoskins for danny mark which is a little play on words there i like that one big fan of that big fan uh, obviously the uh independent state of danny mark is still being built um it's going to little island I'm going to move to in Europe. Uh, Sam Hoskins will be the first call-up, along with Efren, um, Elad and Hildeberto Pereira, uh, building, the, building the squad around them. They've also got a shout-out. Efren, Elad, uh, he's got a shout-out. And also Hildeberto. That was me, wasn't it? That was you, Danny, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike on Twitter uh, was sure that Hildeberto was going to go to the FIFA World Cup with Portugal after his stint with us. Um Mike obviously questions, and rightly so, questions whether their scout was stuck in traffic when coming to watch him, maybe. Can you imagine Hildeberto at the World Cup? It must have been a bit of a tight call between Hildeberto and Ronaldo, I'd imagine, that Ronaldo just about got the nod. Um, and if Hildeberto hadn't been suspended for that time, he might have nicked in. Well, would have nicked in, surely. Hildeberto looks like he's eaten Ronaldo as well. <laughs> he, he was... Uh... 
how, how can we? Uh, he was heavy, heavy set, shall we say? He was coming to coming to build his fitness up. Yes, I'd have genuinely been worried for Russia had Hildeberto been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got uh, Cobbler's vlogs on Twitter uh, on his FIFA career mode. Uh, David Buchanan got called up to Northern Ireland, and Ash Taylor got called up for Wales. I'm pretty sure David Buchanan has has played for the Northern Ireland under 21s, hasn't he? Oh, possibly. Not, not recently, I wouldn't have thought. Well, considering he's in his 30s, no. <laughs> he's not come back on it, Daddy. <laughs> uh, he, well, he has. In, in, in 2004 to 2005, David Buchanan played for Northern Ireland under-19s. Seven appearances, one goal. Between 2006 and 2008, David Buchanan played for Northern Ireland under-21s. 15 appearances and two goals. He scored more goals for Northern Ireland than for Northampton. <laughs> a lot less um, but, uh, appearances as well. Did he? Did he? Did he play for for Northern Ireland as a as a winger rather than a, a defender? Do you think? I think he did. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I read something about this the other day. I'm sure of it, and I'm sure he played further forward. Um, potentially as a as a left winger or a left sided midfielder. So actually, that, there we go. So so David Buchanan actually has appeared for his international uh, or his, his country, should we say? So Ash Taylor for Wales. What do we think of that? Um, well, that's never going to happen. Well, I'll, you say that, but there's, there's, it's not. Wouldn't be the first time a player from League One or League Two plays for Wales, was it? They've no, but surely, surely you'd rather have Danny Gabadon out of retirement. Potentially, but yeah. Ash Taylor's been picking up. I mean, fair play to Ash Taylor. He's actually played really well in this. We were mentioning the back four earlier, and I think he's actually doing pretty well the last few weeks. And sorry, Danny, just going to stop you there. We 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 were quite positive about Ash Taylor last week. You weren't here. You missed your chance. Sorry, it's back to negative Ash Taylor talk now. Good point. Good point. No. Yeah. Be quiet, Danny. Love you, Ash. <laughs> Uh, Who's the Wales manager? Think about it. Ryan Giggs. Is it Ryan Giggs? It is. Is he going to call up a player of Ash Taylor's calibre? Uh, it depends on. It depends. It, I guess it depends on how attractive Ash Taylor's partner is or sister, and whether Ryan Giggs fancies her or not. Can we imagine Ash Taylor doing one of his funny tunnel entries <laughs> from the Wales camp, coming out alongside Gareth Bale? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Ash Taylor's long direct passes to Gareth Bale on the wing? To be fair, Gareth Bale might have the pace to actually try and get there. <laughs> Not quite the height, maybe. But... Right, we have also got, uh, moving on from this nonsense, uh, we have, well, it's still going to be nonsense, but less nonsense, I guess. We've got Andy on Twitter who suggests Bayo. Um, he also suggests Mark Bunn and Martin Smith. Martin Smith's a good shout. Greatest player that ever lived. Is he English? Was he English, Martin Smith? Yeah, he's from Sunderland, isn't he? Yeah, he's from Sunderland. I think the closest one would have been Bun, wouldn't it? In terms of where they went later in the career. I mean, Martin Smith probably would have gone, as a player, I would think Martin Smith would have gone higher up. But I don't know. You, you kind of got the sense once that Mark Bun would actually potentially reach that standard once, didn't you? It's probably a genuine shout for that once. Once upon a time, until he went and sat on benches for a That's league. it, yeah. I, I, it's, I, I didn't know whether Bayo would, I didn't know whether he, he was able to play for um, another country apart from England. Um, 
but looking at his Wikipedia and Wikipedia obviously never lies. Um, I don't think I don't think that's the case. So yeah, I think Mark Bunn out of those three would have been the most likely. Of course, the one the one person that we are forgetting who actually has played international football is of course the one and only Ron Robert. I've won the World Cup. Ziegler. Yep. Also, we're true. we're also forgetting Super Carlo Corazin, who played international oh, yes. football for Canada. Won the Concacafar um, or whatever it was called. Yep. Did Chris Carruthers play for West Ham? Um, West Ham. For West, for, West, for, for West Ham. <laughs> the great country. I think it was at West Ham. I think that's what I was getting. Careful, West Ham fans already Park. think that they won the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Chris Carruthers played for England in the 21st. He did, didn't, didn't he? At West Ham. Yeah, he did. I think, yeah. It was... Um, it was Colin Hill, wasn't there? Do you remember back in the day? Colin oh, Hill, he, Colin. he played for, for Northern Ireland, didn't he? He did. And did Andy Kirk play for Northern Ireland? One of those uh, I'm not sure. I, I think he definitely got called up to the squad, but I don't think he actually ever played while he was with us anyway. John Joe O'Toole, uh, five appearances for North, Republic of Ireland under 21s between 2007 and 2011, scoring one goal. Yeah, well done, John Joe. Any any other any cobblers players that you actually think boys that that should have made an international appearance? Evan Eagard, best player to never play for his country. Well, hold, Derek Asamoah didn't he play for Ghana? Oh, possibly. That wasn't the question, was it? No, that wasn't the question. It wasn't. But, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the, my postbag, so I'm changing the question slightly. Um, but he did, didn't he? Derek Asamoah played for Ghana, didn't he? Could well have done, yeah. Who would you have, Charles? Who do you think should have played for their country that didn't? Should have played that didn't. I, I, I'm a bit like you. I, I I think Mark Bunn probably would would be the only one realistically that that should have maybe gone on and made more out of his career than he did. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think he almost moved too early, didn't he? I think so. I, I mean, you look at the fact that he. Because he went to Blackburn, didn't he? And from us. And he never really... He, he was never their number one. And then he's gone all the way around the country, hasn't he? He's played what, he's, he's played for Norwich. He's played for Villa. But he's never been but never been number he's one. Not played, well, that's yeah. it, isn't it? <laughs> he's not, yeah, that's the problem. He's made a few League Cup appearances and that's about it. What about, as a, as a left field shout, Christian Lee? Our very first million pound player. Tim mentioned this on Twitter, didn't he? He did. Hopefully, um, he was always going to be the big star to break away, but never, never quite happened. <laughs> <laughs> Another one around that time, Sean Parrish actually, I think, nearly got in the Wales squad, didn't he? I'm pretty sure I heard murmurings about. Yes, that he did, of, didn't he? Yeah, in that kind of era of, of uh, Parrish coming quite close to getting the Wales team or Wales squad because they weren't very good then. Did Luke Chambers ever ever get a youth cap for England or anything? Not that I know of. No, maybe he didn't. I was just thinking back to the Mark Bunn point, actually. Do you think that... Because he was quite small for a goalkeeper, wasn't he? And I know he was a great goalkeeper for us. He was brilliant. And it didn't really impact him and stuff. But there is that perception, isn't there? I think as the higher up the leagues you go, you know, you need to be a bigger frame and a, a sort of a bigger a bigger goalkeeper to be to be the best of the best. There's not many goalkeepers, top-level goalkeepers that are... Are relatively small, is there? I can think of what maybe Shea Given. He was quite small, wasn't he? Um, yeah. 
Still is, I imagine, yeah. <laughs> Probably shrinking with age. <laughs> um, I, I think the big thing is, you think back to when Mark Bum was playing for us, his goalkeeper coach went on to become England's goalkeeper coach. Was it Dave Watson, was it? Dave Watson. And you, you kind of think, well, maybe, just maybe, had he actually moved to a club and been a first-teamer, rather than being a bench warmer, then then potentially he could have actually ended up in the England squad simply because Dave Watson would have been like, well, I know this kid, you know, I know how good he is. And therefore we should give him, you know, at least give him a chance. He might not be the first, you know, he might not have managed to have ever displaced whoever was like England number one at the time. But, you know, he, he would have at least been in the squad potentially. Who could have solved um, England's left midfield problem better than Duncan Spedding? Duncan Spedding, can you believe that Duncan Spedding played in the Premier League? No, he didn't. He genuinely no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Southampton, yeah, I think he played about seven, seven or eight times, didn't he, in the Premier League? No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't enjoy it though, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he spent most of his time booting the ball over the the East End at St Mary's. Well, actually, no. It wouldn't have been St. Mary's. Was it, was it the Dell? Was he? Was he? The Dell. Yeah, I was going to say if it was the Dell. It wouldn't have been that difficult. No, to no it was. <laughs> right, that's it. That's it from this week's postbag. Um, we will get another question out next week. Unsure what it will be yet, but Danny or Charles will use their their brains and come up with something good. As always, any feedback, any questions, any abuse, any praise, you can get it across to us on Twitter, on Facebook, or on our website, Charles, which the address is. Cobblers to me.com. There we go. I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all Cobblers to me. Lovely stuff. Right. Well, let's look ahead to this weekend's game and another away trip, this time to Cheltenham. Before we have our say, though, let's hear the thoughts of Robin's fan, Owen Knight. We sold our star striker from last season. I'm sure many in League Two will be familiar with Moisa. Sold him to Bristol City. Gary Johnson sold him to his brother Lee for over a million pounds. Highest club fee we've ever received and likely to receive for a long long time um, so expectations we had that little bit more pulling power uh, we had a lot of players leave but it was a rebuilding job as well we were quite excited to see what we could bring in uh, we brought the likes of Johnny Mullins in and Ben Toza on two year deals big players Sean Long from Lincoln who unfortunately was injured um, but in terms of that players around them uh, Connor Thomas Liam McAlinden Manny Duku a lot of players who just don't cut the mustard really Liam McLinden's now on a two year deal but is in the Conference North Connor Thomas is bench fodder really at most Johnny Mullins can't get a sniff always injured really not good at all and Gary Johnson got sent his marching orders into the fourth game of the season a few eyebrows raised from the outsiders but more than sort of had his time with the club his progression was sort of one point a season since we got promoted apart from that promotion season it was all downhill really um, great servant to the club though and, and did wonders in the National League season since then when, when we played Northampton last we had interim manager in Russ Milton the assistant uh, who had two games and uh, I think got six points out of nine got a 3-1 win away to Northampton uh, a lot's changed for both clubs since then uh, we've brought Michael Duffin as our manager from Burnley uh, under 23s um, obviously many would know him as well took his time to find his feet but he came in managed to get an away victory against Notts County 3-1 and that was really our turning point of the season we've been on sort of a steady steady rise but nothing amazing we're just sort of 
keeping our head above the dotted line and we've seen more than clear of that now and hopefully going to just tail off this season unnoticed and just stay amidst mid-table and go for the new season. Our star player this season has been Luke Varney, which was Michael Dust's first sign-in in around September-October time. How he was a free agent is anybody's guess. He's in his second prolific season of his career and he's 37 years old. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, also bolstered by our centre-back Will Boyle, whose red card has been overturned from the Newport game last Friday. And also Scott Flinders, our goalkeeper, he saved us many points this season. He, he can have quiet games because we have a five at the back who seem to keep teams out, but when he's called upon, he, he really makes the most of it and saves us on many occasions. My match prediction for the game, I think it's not going to be anything like the last one. Obviously, Northampton had picked up really well into Keith Curl, somebody who was, as far as I know, interviewed for the position at Cheltenham. Somebody I would have taken, but more than happy with Michael Duff. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. I think Luke Varney will score for Cheltenham and Andy Williams for Northampton. A couple of fans pre-match. It's a bit of a walk from the train station to the town centre, but you've got Weatherspoons on either side of the town. And then as you head up to Wadham Road, you've got the Feathered Fish, which is a nice chilled-out pub. Or the Sudley Arms, just a little bit further up, nearer to the stadium, which is a traditional boozer, which I'm sure you'd be welcome with in there, with open arms. And then there's the club bar right next to the stadium. All the best for the rest of the season and the game. Cheers. He's trying to lure us into a pub, I think. He's trying to get us in ambushed. There was a bit of that tinge of excitement about his voice when he said, you're going to be welcome with open arms in that pub. I think he sounded pretty depressed. <laughs> poor, poor Cheltenham fans. <laughs> it's funny for me, for that's the second time in a row that our fan from the opposition has singled out their goalkeeper as one of the players to watch. I mean, how, how much does that say about Cheltenham and, and what what should we be expecting on Saturday? It's a good question, Charles. I think we should be uh, expecting to bombard them with uh, free-flowing attacking play. Well, I did pick up on the fact that he said they're going to be playing five at the back, and I do wonder whether Big Keith will match them or whether they'll just carry on playing this 4 4 I really hope he doesn't start start kind of matching the opposition and trying to switch back to his 3 5 2 because I think he's hopefully figured out by now that it doesn't work and he'll have other players to play it. So, um Interesting. Interesting to hear from uh, Owen. <laughs> Luke Varney. Is, is he the one that used to, used to play for Charlton? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, played at quite a high level. So I guess he'll be one to, to keep an eye on, but I've no doubt that Ash Taylor and Aaron Pierre will have him in his pocket. He's quite old though, isn't he? He's 37 or something Is he? Now? 37? Yeah. Cheltenham are 17th, aren't they? They're 45 points, so seven points behind us. Uh they got a goal difference of minus 10. So, a bit of a leaky defence, potentially, for us to take advantage of. Um, we should be going and winning, shouldn't we? I think so. You would have thought so. Yeah. 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 No reason why not, is there? Um, you could call this a six-point, though, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're pushing. <laughs> you're pushing. <laughs> They've got uh, probably odds on that Billy Waters will score, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. Can he play or not? Because no, he can't play. It would have been a bit silly. To, I was going to say it would have been a bit silly to put a, to not put something in. Are we talking in general? Play, can he play? Because that is, yeah, is well, questionable when he was with us. <laughs> yeah, we can slag him off all we want now because yeah. he can't play. So yeah, definitely won't come to school. <laughs> it's just, it would, it I do. He has changed his um, Instagram picture, hasn't he, to a Cheltenham shirt? And I don't think he's a bit more comfortable now. It works for him there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like we've said yeah. before. Some some players just fit in at a club, and some some don't. Um, it's good that it works from there, but it's also good that he can't play because he was guaranteed to score, wasn't he, otherwise? 
definitely guaranteed to score had he been playing. Yes, you're right, Neil. Um, I mean, Cheltenham's last five results have been fairly mixed. They've won two, lost two and drawn one. Their last game was a 1-0 away defeat to Newport County. That was on Friday night last week, I think. They did have a man sent off, but that person's red card has now been rescinded, as Owen said there in his little preview. Um, Their last home game was a 4-1 win over Notts County. And and to be fair to Cheltenham, they've got a fairly decent home record this season. Have they? Yeah, it's not... It's not one of those teams that, considering where they are in the league table, you'd have thought that they'd have lost a fair few more games at home than they actually have. Well, let's just look at they've actually they've won the same amount of games as us this season. So we've we've won twelve and they've won twelve. Where we all them draws. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah, all them draws (laughs) are are boosting us up the league. I mean, I'd I'd like to think we can go and beat them. and it is a big game, Danny. I know you're slightly jibing sometimes about these six-pointers, but every game's a six-pointer now for us, isn't it? And win this. Yeah, you just want to keep on. You just want to keep on going for another week, don't you? You want to keep the dream alive a bit longer. So, well, I think we're still, when I'm definitely still in the position of kind of thinking it's probably not going to happen. We're not going to get in the playoffs, I don't think. But you just want it to to pull out a little bit longer. And yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think Cheltenham are a bit of annoying. I see them as a bit of an annoyance. I don't know why. They're kind of like the the younger kid at school who keeps wanting to come and join in your matches at, at lunchtime. And they're just they're just an irritant to me, I think. I don't know why. I don't know why I think they're probably a decent club, but I I, um, I feel the same, actually. They, I think they think they quite enjoy annoying people and, and kind of ending runs and stuff like that or upsetting you. I have never never really liked them. I mean, the is, is there a team in England that you do like? Because every week you say, I don't like them. Well, or, that's not or really. just a League Two thing? There's not, no, there's, there's very few teams that I like. Across the North End. Mm, that's too far north. <laughs> All right. Um, who can we think of that an inoffensive? An inoffensive side. Um, I don't know. Burton Albion. Burton, um, uh, no, don't like Burton. Ipswich Town. I don't mind Ipswich Town. I've got nothing against Ipswich Town. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I've got no- nothing against Ipswich Town. And Luke Chambers is there, obviously. So, uh, Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's captain. Yeah, nothing against them. No, I just think Cheltenham, there's a bit of history, isn't there? So there was, there was we... I can't remember whether it was 4-3 or 3-2 or something. We were, we were winning and then they scored two goals in the last minute. Uh, one of which was debatable, um, and they and they beat us, which I didn't enjoy. There was another incident where one of their stewards was, how can we put it, heavy-handed with a couple of our fans, um, which it just left a bit of a sour taste, I think. Um, they're just a bit of an annoying club. Um, and obviously they've had Gary Johnson as well. So, I mean, we should probably give them a bit of slack because they've been through the Gary Johnson era. Although by, by all accounts, he did a better job for them than he did for us. I think it comes from, I think from, for me, it comes from, I think we were, when, when I went to a match there and we, we were three win up with about two minutes left and they won 4-3. I just haven't got that on my system yet, even though we won the playoffs and that. It's, it's one of those games where it just really annoys you and really kind of sticks with you. Do you want to take us through and, and have a look at this referee that we've got for this week, Danny? Not really. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, do we want to mention him, or do we not want to mention him by name? It's... We're, we're going to kind of have to. I think that's that's we're kind of the to. point. Mr. Of what we do. 
Charlie Charlie B, Charles Breakspear, his uh, man in charge. So expect a bit of a tempestuous atmosphere, I'd say. Yeah, he's uh, refereed 37 times this season, giving 117 yellow cards and eight red cards. Most of those red cards going to Cobblers players, probably. <laughs> did he actually send? He did, didn't he? Send someone off in that game? Was it the Oldham? Sam game? Foley was... got sent off when we played yeah, Oldham. Yeah. yeah, it's much ado about nothing, wasn't it? But he just, just for some reason, sent him off, and he just all of the decisions for both teams that day was just ridiculous. And I think he's he's kind of becoming as he's kind of having a reputation with other teams now of of being an absolute idiot. So yeah, he, 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 he is an idiot. He also refereed the game uh, in the Checker Trade Trophy against the uh, Bristol yes, Rovers as did. well. He did. It was a comedy of errors as well, wasn't it? So it was going to definitely be on on Saturday with him refereeing. There's definitely going to be a dubious penalty awarded one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, a questionable red card, and I will predict as well that there'll also be a brawl of some description between players or managers. Hmm. As you like it, Neil. <laughs> yes, my favourite. But he just doesn't have a good control over over games, does he? And he doesn't. His decisions are somewhat questionable, um, bordering on ridiculous. And it, he's one of those referees, isn't he? Where it's it's about him, and you end up concentrating on him more so than the game, wondering what he's going to do and stuff. And he makes these decisions that he just, yeah, he's he's an idiot, isn't he? So come on, then let's get some predictions in. Then Danny, you go first. Um, it's not going to be high scoring, I don't think. Um, I'm going to go for a sneaky 1-0 win. Um, who's going to score the goal? It's going to be, I think it's time for Marvin Sordell to get off the mark this week. Um, in a nod to Neil Grayson, who I think is going to be there as a guest of Cheltenham. So that's something to look forward to for, for both Tets fans. Larry's going to be there as a special guest. And uh, I think Marvin Sordell's going to do a diving header in... Recognition of him, even though he probably has no idea who he is, um, in the sixty-second minute. Very specific, oh, Danny. Very, like it. Yeah. very specific. I'm I'm going with a, a win as well. I'm going with a two-one win. So another one goal in its game. But uh, I think we're probably going to see a goal from. Uh, I think John Joe will get one, and Aaron Pierre will get the other one. I am going to go with a three-two. Oh, lots of goal scorers there then, Neil. Or have you gone for a Sam Hoskins hat trick? <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Um, I um, hold on. I've not even said if that's three two to Cobblers. Oh, okay. Is it? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm currently trying to work out whether I think we're going to win three two or lose three two. I will go with. I'll go with three two Cobblers. It's still on, boys. <laughs> and goal scorers, I will go with. Charlie Goode is going to get one. Oh, okay. He's going to he's going to rise at the back post. It's going to hit him flush in the face. Oh wow! And fly into the net. Um, I think John Joe will get one. I think John Joe will score, and then I think the other one will come from a free kick. Oh, David Buchanan? No. Uh, <laughs> I think the free kick will come from Joe Powell. Oh, lovely. Is that the winner? That's the winner. He'll come on. Free kick in off the bar. Hmm. Very good. Uh, do you boys fancy an impromptu game of Name That Bench? Yes. 
Let's do it. Right then. Absolutely, Charles. I mean, I do feel like this episode probably does need a bit more of a name that bench feel. Let's do it. Name that bench. Name the bench. Name the bench. Name it. Name the bench. Name it. Name the bench. Name the bench. So you two guys are going to play, okay? Um, oh. And we're, go- we're going to take the game that was away at Cheltenham back in 2013 on Sunday the 5th of May. It was the playoff semi-final second leg. And we won 1-0 thanks to a Luke Guttridge Thunderbolt, if you remember rightly. The attendance, if you'd like to know, that was 5,955. But can you name that bench? I can. And I remember it so well, this game. What a game it was. What a day out it was. So we're ready to go uh, find out who's going to go first. So, Danny, heads or tails? Um, Tails, obviously. Oh, it's heads, I'm afraid. Sorry. Neil, first or second? Uh, I will go first, please, Charles. Okay, take it away then. So Cheltenham against Northampton Town in the League 2 playoff semi-finals back in 2013. Neil, take it away. Clive Platt. (laughs) Lovely. Straight in there. 1-0 Neil. Disappointingly dropped for the final was Bayo and replaced with Clive Platt, so... Yes. Um, Danny. This is making me nervous being on this side of the of the equation. I'm not quite sure what to do. What do I need to do? What game is it? <laughs> what year was it, Charles? What year is it? 2013. And, what was the score? 1-0. Uh, <laughs> one, one and who were we playing again? Cheltenham. Name that bench. Right, I'm going to go... I mean, we won the first leg 1-0, right? At six fields. That is and correct. So we yes. would have gone with a more of a defensive attitude. So I'm thinking little Ray O'Donovan might have been on the bench because he scored in the first leg. But I've got a feel, I'm pretty sure Bayo started because he set up the goal. Ray O'Donovan? Roy O'Donovan. <laughs> yeah, him too. Started the game, Danny. One nil, nil, nil. Isn't Ray, o- Ray O'Donovan? Isn't that a TV show? It is. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely wasn't playing. He's an assassin or something, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with your favourite, Charles. Actually, the goalkeeper. Oh, oh, go for it. Because I can remember we had Lee Nichols in goal because he saved a penalty, didn't he? Indeed. Great penalty save it was as well. Um, and that was on the bench. Our our kind of backup goalkeeper was the very young Dean Snedeker. Or Snedka, how do you pronounce it? Sned, Snedders. Sned. Snedders. David Snedders. St. <laughs> Albans' number one goalkeeper this season, Dean Snedker, is correct. Yes, Two nil. Two nil. Two nil, Danny. Two, you, you, you're yeah, okay. I, should I should have learned from Charles's expertise of just going for the keeper, shouldn't I? Should just have went known. in too quickly on on the, whoever that was. Oh, Donovan. Roy. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go a bit left field because I feel like if I'm just playing this once, I might as well just go for it. Um, I'm going for the tackler supreme, Ishmael Dimontano. Oh, ho, ho. It's a bit of a, a bit of a risky one, but 
I feel like that's around about that time. And I don't think Boothroyd is the type of manager who's going to play him in a big game like that. What a guess. Oh, oh, you are correct. Well done. That's a great shout. Did he get on out of interest? No, he didn't. No. Thank God. <laughs> uh, okay, so where are we? We've had a goalkeeper, we've had a striker, and we've had a a, a loose midfielder. Um, a loose cannon. Yeah, <laughs> a loose cannon. Um, so I think we would have had a defender on the bench. Clark Carlisle would have played. Ooh, well, I don't know if he sure? did, did he? Oh, he's captain, Ooh. weren't he? Was he back at I mean, the, was our I captain? don't want to help you or anything. But... I'm sure he was our captain mm. for that period. So I would have been surprised if he'd been on the bench. I will go with Nathan Cameron. Ooh. What a name to pick out of the bag. <laughs> Was he on the bench though, Charles? No, he started oh, the game. Oh, Neil. He started. Did he? Yeah, he did. What? Did he? He did indeed. Yes. Oh. I've got a different lineup in my head that than if he started. Well, I have as well. I didn't think he started. <laughs> in that case, if he started, then still two-one. I mean, would you have put Kelvin Langmead on the bench? Ooh. Oh, is that, is that your answer? Who would put Kelvin Langmead oh, on the bench? Carlisle. I mean, I don't know if Carlisle was on the bench. I mean, Carlisle would have played. Yeah, let's go Kelvin Langmead, but uh, yeah. It's a risky Kelvin one. Langmead? Yeah, go on. Was on the bench. Oh. Oh. With his balls actually, of steel. He actually came on in the 71st minute as well. Mm. Well done, Danny. Good shout. Oh, my back's on. Oh. Right, so we've had a two-two. We've had a goalkeeper, a defender, a loose cannon, and a striker. I am. So we've established Ray O'Donovan was playing. Well, we've established Ray O'Donovan's not a person. <laughs> but he is. So Ray O'Donovan and Bayo were up front. Then Clive Platt was on the bench. I will go with everyone's favourite Twitter personality, Jake Robinson. I'm not sure if he was still with us at this time, Ooh. but I think he was. Good guess. It's correct. Yes. Oh. Right. Pressure's on, Danny. Pressure's on. Really. I mean, this is... There's only two more to go, Danny. You've got to get this right. We must have had another midfielder in there because we can't have relied on De Montagnac, surely. Um, though Robinson was a bit... He could have played midfield... Hmm. How about the inventor of train tracks, Lewis Hornby? Oh, well, first of all, I'd like to pick you up on the fact that it was actually Frank Hornby <laughs> that invented the Hornby railway set. Oh, uh, but Lewis, Lewis Hornby, he had a hand no, relation, no relation, no <laughs> relation, uh, did indeed start on oh, the bench. Oh, well done, oh. Oh, it all comes down to this, Neil. Oh, pressure. Can you do it? Oh, so what? For, oh, I've got to re- retrace our steps. We've got a keeper, a defender, a loose cannon, a striker, an attacking midfielder, and a midfielder. Mm. I've got an inkling that it's Sean Dice, by the way. Neil, just to, just to put that in your head. Sure, he wasn't playing for us at this time. 
It was Dean Pearce. About, ten, about ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Oh, who's it going to be? start whispering names into your ears. Into Who Google. could it be? Who could it be? I will take a punt on... I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Chris Hackett. Ooh. On the basis oh, that he surely started. Well, I'm thinking we, you know, we won the first leg, and and Boothroyd was quite defensive anyway. I like, I'm, I'm hoping that we went there with a very narrow team, and and he just well, Bayo was playing, so it kind of been that narrow. <laughs> <laughs> Too big to play football. Um, so Chris Hackett. Chris. Oh, the tension's just unbearable. Chris Hackett. I don't know how you could have done this for so many weeks. This... Son of uh, famous referee Keith Hackett. <laughs> he started oh! the game. Grandson of Father Jack Hackett. <laughs> oh, no. I've left it wide open. Oh, wide open. It's oh. all on you now, Danny. I what mean... do you think... What do I think? Well, that's a different story, but... We've not got got time for that. (laughs) Definitely not got time for that. Um, Right, Cheltenham Town. Name that bench. Name it. I'm going to go... Name it. Name it. All right, let's go with Louis Malt. Ooh. Who? Louis Malt. Oh, because he came on for um, Alex Nichols, didn't he? That time, I'm pretty sure it was just starting to. Well, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, maybe. Go on. Now playing in the championship for Preston North End. The inoffensive Preston North End. Lewis Malt. Oh, it's not was on the bench. Oh. Well done, Danny. Oh, no. That's embarrassing. Oh, a nice bit of malt to go with my Christmas <laughs> Good game, Danny. Well done, mate. Good game. I enjoyed that. That's it. We've run out of time and things to talk about. That probably happened right at the start, but never mind. We're all off to plead our innocence to Charles Breakspear in a vain attempt to not have a man sent off this week. Goodbye. Hey, lad. Bye, Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.